0: This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Dally. Our guest this week is Nebraska U.S. Senator Mike Johans. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the 2014 Farm Journal Forum. The 16th Annual Farm Journal Forum is set for December 10th and 11th at the Lowe's Madison Hotel in Washington, D.C. Register today at www.farmjournalforum.com. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Nebraska Senator Mike Johans next. The 16th Annual Farm Journal Forum will take place in Washington, D.C. on December 10th and 11th at the Lowe's Madison Hotel. The Farm Journal Forum is one of the most highly anticipated food and agriculture policy conferences each year, attracting a diverse blend of stakeholders including farmers, government, NGO, industry, and academia. The format of the forum includes outcome-focused discussions and high-level speakers offering insider perspectives on the most relevant policy issues impacting agriculture. A unique aspect of this year conference is that the content reaches across the United States to thousands of farmers and ranchers throughout a robust network of media partners and broadcast platforms. To register for the forum, visit www.farmjournalforum.com. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. Our guest this week is a long tenure of public service in his home state as well as the nation. Mike Johans has served as governor of Nebraska, secretary of agriculture in the Bush administration, and is retiring this year after serving in the U.S. Senate. Many wonder now what might be up next in his political career. For the next two years, Johans fears a blizzard of regulatory action by the administration and believes there will be tremendous energy surrounding the budget and appropriations process. With regard to the lame duck session, Johans sees mixed opinions over the size of the political agenda. Yeah, I think there are some who are
1: arguing, look, uh, let's just wrap this up. Uh, let's just get funding in place through the end of September. We'll come back. We'll have a fresh start in January. Others are saying, well, why why would we do that? We just came through an election. Again, they're saying we'll be in control of both houses in January. Let's just kick this over into January or February, and let's worry about a a more extended funding package uh, after the first of the year. If I were a betting man, I think the latter view will prevail, and I think at the end of the day, I think it will be pretty short-term funding uh, into next year, and then they'll pick up the bigger piece of this uh, after the first of the year. But I could be wrong about that, but that's kind of how I'm reading the tea leaves today.
0: If I look at the midterm vote, then you see a larger majority for the House and the GOP. In the Senate, you see a change of leadership now to the GOP, but the key number is not 60. So with that, it makes me wonder how the Senate will operate differently.
1: Well, I believe you're going to see a tremendous amount of energy next year behind the appropriations process and the budget process. That may sound boring to a lot of people, but let me explain what I mean by that. Keep in mind that in those appropriations bills, which you pass by a majority vote, you're going to pass those by majority vote. Uh, Typically, there's going to be policy writers in those bills that says things like, EPA, you cannot use any money appropriated for X, Y, and Z. And I just think you're going to see that policy debate occurring, Through a majority vote on appropriations bills. So, best advice to those who are out there wondering what next year is going to be like, watch the appropriations process. I think it will be a much more aggressive, robust process than we've seen for years, uh, just because you can, you can do the policy writers by a majority vote.
0: With regard to the administration, uh, we have heard that there would be executive order on immigration. How will that be viewed?
1: I don't think this works very well, but if he does i you know it's temporary he can't he can't pass permanent laws, obviously, so okay, he impacts immigration for about two years until he's gone. He's saying, I'll just take care of it by executive action, where the reality, Jeff, is that he really can't. I mean, he can delay things. He can delay deportations. But at the end of the day, he can't pass laws and change the immigration system. Only Congress can do that.
0: Then on that same topic of immigration reform, how do you see this in the new Congress, GLP-led on both sides of the Capitol? Does this change, and do you see immigration reform a part of the agenda for the new Congress?
1: Immigration reform did pass the Senate. It, it got a sufficient number of votes. I think it was 64, if memory serves me correctly, so it passed the Senate. It did not pass the House. Uh, I, I really think that debate is going to occur uh, along the lines of the of the House more than in the Senate. But here's the kicker. Keep in mind, we just had an election We've gotten a lot of new members who haven't voted on this issue yet, so stay tuned. Uh, this could be a significantly debated issue in both the House and in the Senate just because you've got a new group coming in. They all have ideas on what you should do with immigration reform, so this could be a big issue for 2015.
0: Is this a 2015, or is this before the next election, or is this discussed and still no action?
1: I think it's a 2015 issue, but the problem is can it pass in 2015, but I do believe you're going to see that debate occur in 2015 and attempt to get some things done, to get some things passed relative to immigration. If it doesn't happen in 2015, keep in mind 2016 is another cycle. You, You go back into the political arena again. And this time you've got the presidency at stake. So uh, I'm just feeling if it doesn't happen in 2015, then I think it probably gets delayed beyond 2016.
0: So the president is in China discussing climate change and apparently has a deal with the Chinese with regard to climate change. It appears that climate change is important for him and what he may try to accomplish in his last two years in the White House. How does this Congress work with or against the president and his agenda?
1: This was not received well, and and again, it's just a feeling by Congress that he's trying to preempt the legislative process here. Here's my greatest worry as we think about 24 months left in this presidency. My greatest worry is that the president just says, look, I'm not going to deal with Congress that much. What I am going to do is push every possible regulation out the door that I can. I just think in the next two years, we're going to see a blizzard of regulatory activity, and it, I think part of it will be climate change, it will be EPA, but I I just think every area of the federal government is pressing to get regulations done. and. I I hate that because they are so hard to reverse once they're out there and on the books. And you get lawsuits and you get drug into court. You know, as a former cabinet member, I can tell you that trying to undo some of the things that were left behind by the Clinton administration is very, very difficult. And it will be for whoever's the next president. It's Once they're on the books, it's tough to get rid of them.
0: I'm looking at a story where Gina McCarthy, the head of the EPA, says she recognizes that GOP control of the Senate may present challenges for her agency, but it won't hurt their priorities. Waters of the U.S., um, attitudes toward coal and electrical generation in the country. How do you see this?
1: Well, I see it in a couple of ways. One is that she has just explained why they're a minority party. Uh, You know... Voters have a right to determine who's going to represent them and to send a message. And, you know, that's that's a, a right we have in this country to cast our vote. And no one could argue with any kind of forcefulness that the last election a few weeks ago wasn't a statement against Obama's policies. It was a clear statement against his policies. People feel very strongly that this administration is way overreached, and the epicenter of this is the EPA. So we have this election, they lose the Senate, they lose state houses all across the country, they lose in traditionally Democrat states uh, on governor's races, and they say, well, it's not going to influence what we're doing, you know. It's not going to influence our priorities and what we plan on getting done. Well, holy smokes, you know. Uh, why don't you listen to what the voters have to say? But that's, see, that's the arrogance of what we're dealing with here. And it's not right. It, it's just wrong. And But I just worry. It's like I said, I think you're going to see a blizzard of regulatory activity for the next couple of years. And you're just going to have to fight back.
0: With 54 votes, you don't have the ability in the Senate, or the majority does not have the ability, to override the President's veto pen.
1: That's the point. Um, There's just going to have to be a number of strategies here. Passing independent legislation is fine, but you point out a very valid point. We all remember that there's only one person who gets the veto legislation, and that's the president. Then it takes two-thirds to override. So there you have it. But again, there are a number of different approaches, whether it's appropriations bills, whether it's... Uh, a piece of legislation that you try to move across the floor. There's a number of things, and I just think you have to employ every possible strategy.
0: With regard to a trade agenda, some had suggested during the lame duck session that we might see trade promotion authority for the administration um, offered as as something that both sides could agree on. Uh, We do have trade deals that are under negotiation with the the Trans-Pacific Partnership and then those with uh, primarily Europe and the TTIP. What do you see with regard to trade? Over these next couple of years, Senator,
1: if uh, President Obama can build a working relationship with the new leadership, John Boehner, um, you, you know he's he's the speaker, and and uh, Mitch McConnell, who is going to be the majority leader, he can do things in the trade arena. Um, he needs trade promotion authority. Uh, it just has to happen. Uh he may get to a point where he actually has a trade agreement that he can bring to Congress. And, and again, he needs to work with people to get that done. Uh, trade agreements are always a very, very tough sell.
0: Trade promotion authority
1: will be a tough sell.
0: So you think these two trade deals, does one have a better chance than the other? in the Congress or is the devil still in the details?
1: I think the devil's very much in the details. I've just always believed you can't get a trade deal approved in Congress unless you have agriculture behind it 1 million percent. Well, that's going to depend on whether ag is there or not. It's going to depend on whether they truly open up markets, whether they bring tariffs down in countries that have had historically high tariffs when it comes to our ag products is the European Union willing to work with us on uh, GMOs and you know boy we've talked about these questions for years and years but that's what it's going to take we're going to have to have verifiable identifiable access to markets uh, with our products that we have not had in the past and if if the president can't get that done and if he can't get ag fighting for these trade agreements, then I, I don't think they'll go anywhere. I just believe that's the bedrock. You've got to get ag on your side, or you can't get the trade agreement done.
0: With regard to spending and the nation's deficit, what are your thoughts?
1: Let's not fool ourselves. we got a lot of people my age, we call ourselves the baby boomers, and... um uh, I just think you're going to see huge pressure on the federal budget. And if we start taking a step back or two or three or four on 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 the economy in this country, uh, just hold on to your seat and strap yourself in, because we will flirt with trillion-dollar deficits again. And I'm not talking about... 50 years from now, when I'm long gone, I'm talking about the next 10, 15, 20 years. We have not addressed the the deficit issues and the spending issues in this country. I know it's not on the front page, and I know the situation is momentarily better, but it it will worsen. It just does, because there's just too many people accessing programs that are very expensive, Medicare and It's just uh, you just got to deal with those things.
0: How do you see the debate over Obamacare over the next 24 months?
1: You know, there's a major Supreme Court case out there that uh, if the Supreme Court decides this case and says that states uh, who did not set up their own exchange, that their people do not get subsidies, I think Obamacare collapses. Uh, I think the the wheels aren't off. Uh, of Obamacare yet, but I think the tires are wobbly and out of air, Um, and I just think that this was built upon false promises and misleading statements, and now the reality, reality of that is hitting people. All of a sudden this year, people are going to start to realize that their tax return is being taken because they're being penalized because they could not afford insurance, and I just think the story of Obamacare gets worse and worse. It's exactly what was predicted four or five years ago with this awful piece of legislation, and it hasn't gotten better, and people aren't feeling better about it. Gallup says that people are more opposed to Obamacare today than at any time since it passed. That's a remarkable statement.
0: Okay, what about the Mike Johans future? They're, they're folks who retire, Senator, and they start a new business, or they go hunting or fishing, or they spend more time with grandkids. What do you, what are you gonna start doing in January?
1: You know, I, I hope to, uh, do all of that. I, you know, this was never about retirement in terms of an absence of work in my life. I, I love to work. I grew up working and, uh, Uh, You know, it will be something different, obviously. I do have five beautiful grandchildren, and uh, every moment with them is just a precious gift. We've been blessed with a very deep, rich faith that we just love. Um, We want to enjoy that more. And so I just think, you know, we're excited about the future. I'm thankful for what we've done but the promise of the future is great, and I'm I'm going to just spend some some time doing the things that I want to do. I promise you, I'm going to be very engaged. I want to stay engaged, and uh, I just look forward to doing that in a, in a different sort of way.
0: Now you know I've got to do this, okay? <laughs> yeah. What happens if you get a phone call from Washington and they think that that Mike Johans would be a part of a, a ticket? for like 2016 or beyond, or maybe he would lead that ticket trying to get the keys to that house on Pennsylvania Avenue. What What do you think?
1: You know, here's what I would tell you. Um, uh, I was governor a few years back, governor of Nebraska, and Stephanie kept saying to me when, when George Bush was reelected, uh, you better be ready for the phone call. I said, Steph, the phone call is never going to come. Uh, You don't even need to bring it up. Well, you know, a day later, she'd say, have you been thinking about what I said? The phone call is going to come. And, well, the phone call did come. And um, here's what I would, would tell you, Jeff. I love this country very, very deeply. We've done a lot of things that we've been blessed to do. And I'll just keep doing everything I can to make this country greater and better and bring us back to the values that really made this country great. When when people could go out there and start a little business in their job that became Hewlett-Packard or whatever, and nobody, nobody said, boy, that's, you know, success and wealth are a bad thing. You, you see, I believe that's a great thing because it creates jobs and all of that. And I, Jeff, you have getting me started here. I got the soapbox out. I just believe there's a better direction for our country. So we'll think about things. We'll pray about things. And uh, the good Lord has given us good guidance so far.
0: So if the phone rings, you'll answer.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So
0: So then then we turn to this. This is called Open Mic, Senator, and um, it's yours.
1: I've been all over this country. I've, I've traveled it extensively and, uh, the joy of doing that is beyond measurement. Um, so I just want to say thanks to everybody. Uh, I hope that I was the passionate ag- advocate for our country and for agriculture that I always wanted to be. And uh, to all those across the country who have supported me, uh, I just say thank you. And to my very, very special friends in Nebraska who have always had faith in me. God bless you. Thank you. I just look forward to a life where we continue to work together and we continue to make this country great.
0: Our thanks this week to Nebraska Senator Mike Johans, our guest on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the 2014 Farm Journal Forum. The 16th annual Farm Journal Forum is set for December 10th and 11th at the Lowe's Madison Hotel in Washington, D.C., Register today at www.farmjournalforum.com. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Alley.